founder Edward the Confessor and many of his successors. Where kings lie, other famous people will be buried, and the abbey is crowded with the tombs of admirals, generals, and other celebrities. From the time of Chaucer, it became an intermittent custom to bury poets in one corner, and the practice was extended to other writers, who are sometimes buried, more often commemorated, among the poets. Such heroes do not necessarily have to have been believers in the Christian faith of the Abbey. Even Charles Darwin, patron saint of the atheists, is there in spirit. Such collective cenotaphs of heroes hover uneasily between Christianity and paganism. In Paris, the ancient church of Saint-Geneviève, patron saint of the city, founded by Clovis and rebuilt by Louis XV, was transformed by the revolutionaries in 1791 into a secular vault of heroes and renamed the Pantheon. Reconsecrated at the Restoration in 1815, it oscillated repeatedly in the 19th century between a church and a hero house, deconsecrated in 1885 to receive the body of Victor Hugo, who, after much vacillation on his deathbed, finally insisted that he died outside the church. Today it is a musty junk shop of the dead, not particularly edifying to those of any faith or none. In Germany the pagan-minded nationalists had the neoclassical architect Leo von Klenze build them a Valhalla for heroes in the shape of a Greek temple, 1830-1842. It is near Donenstampf and overlooks the Rhine, but it did not capture the Teutonic imagination. In Spain, after the Civil War, the victor General Franco built a Valley of the Fallen for heroes, but this is tainted with politics. The United States has a two-tier heroic commemoration. The great presidents, such as Washington and Lincoln, are carved out of the rocks at Mount Rushmore, while more everyday heroes repose in Arlington National Cemetery outside the federal capital. We should not take it for granted that the original heroes were all men, any more than we should assume that the primitive races worshipped only gods. Goddesses make their appearance in the archaeological evidence from the very earliest times, and we can be sure that heroines followed swiftly in the steps of heroes. Humanity invented gods as the originators of natural events they could not understand and feared, and gods were therefore terrible personages. What ordinary mortals needed to identify with were creatures recognizably human but of great capacity and accomplishment, who stood halfway between the deities and the rest. These demigods were heroes, and they had to include heroines like Pallas and Medea, for pure goddesses were too frightening to be domesticated and reduced to human scale. Once heroines came into existence, even if, like Medea, they sometimes take the form of witches, the concept of the hero ceases to be the exclusive preserve of military men or those who rejoice in superhuman physical strength. For the purpose of this collection of biographical essays, I have taken the concept of the heroic individual in its widest possible sense, even if I have included a number famed for military exploits, such as Alexander and Caesar among the males, and Boudicca and Joan of Arc among the females. The fact is, anyone is a hero who has been widely, persistently over long periods, and enthusiastically regarded as heroic by a reasonable person, or even an unreasonable one. 
I have put into this collection one or two heroes and heroines of my own, believing that an element of idiosyncrasy is a legitimate part of hero worship. Indeed, it is only by asking ourselves how we personally judge heroism that we begin to get to the essence of the matter. It was Madame Cornuel, 1605-1694, who first noted, Il n'y a point de héros pour son valet de chambre. The point was deliberately contradicted by Lord Byron in Beppo. He was a perfect cavaliero, and to his very valet seemed a hero. Byron himself was, certainly, no hero to his valet Fletcher, who had many sensible things to say about his master's weaknesses, though devoted to him nonetheless. But some valets are heroes to their masters, at any rate fictional ones. Thus, Crichton the butler emerges as the hero of J. M. Barry's play The Admirable Crichton, when all are put to the test.